Your new phone could screw up weather forecasting. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Weather forecasting has greatly improved in recent decades, but new cell phone technology is threatening its accuracy. 5G, or fifth-generation wireless networks, will take up space in the electromagnetic spectrum, and as National Geographic explains, that space is not unlimited. Scientists, including those from NOAA, NASA, and the Navy, have warned that that the new technology will intrude into the space that meteorologists use to determine how much water vapor is in the atmosphere. Weather satellites use parts of the electromagnetic spectrum to collect information. That spectrum is already crowded with much of its space being taken up by GPS, radio navigation, and other uses. In May, the acting chief of NOAA said that interference from 5G wireless phones could reduce the accuracy of forecasts by 30 percent, cutting down the lead time by two to three days for warning about hurricanes, for example, which is critical for disaster preparedness. In 2012, the destruction from Hurricane Sandy would have been much worse without precise forecasts predicting its movement well before it hit the East Coast. More than 100 U.S. military bases are at risk of not having enough water. Without water, they can't carry out their missions, including training, suppressing fires, cleaning equipment, as well as drinking and bathing. The warning comes from the Government Accountability Office, an independent nonpartisan agency, which reported that some facilities are already experiencing scarcity, and conditions could worsen from climate change and declines in water quality. The bases most at risk are in the southwest, such as Camp Pendleton in California and Kirtland Air Force Base in New Mexico, places where the climate is already becoming drier. Even bases not currently facing scarcity, like Fort Bragg in North Carolina, are at risk from pollution and population growth that can affect water quality and quantity. Each year, about 27 million tons of road salts are used on U.S. streets and highways as de-icers during the winter. The chemicals don't degrade and can pose long-term risks to the environment and aquatic species. Researchers at Washington State University have developed a more sustainable solution to traditional de-icers using grape skins and other agricultural waste. The scientists degraded and fermented grape skins in a process that produces no waste of any kind and determined that the solution outperformed commonly used chemicals and road salts without damage to concrete, asphalt, and water bodies. Beet juice has already become a common additive used by highway departments in cities to enhance existing de-icers, but a release from Washington State University says that it can deplete oxygen in water bodies, endangering aquatic organisms. Nuclear waste is causing tension between U.S. and Canadian officials. A facility in Detroit, Michigan, that is contaminated with uranium and other dangerous chemicals partially collapsed into the Detroit River one day before Thanksgiving, but no one responded for about a week. The facility was the site where the first atomic bomb was made, and it continued to make uranium rods in the 1950s. CNN reports that while officials in the U.S. say the water is free of radioactivity, the city of Windsor, Ontario, is 
is raising concerns. It wasn't until December 4th, a week after the spill, that Michigan authorities learned of the collapse when the Windsor Star, a Canadian paper, asked about it. Then the state agency began to respond. A Canadian MP is now calling for a binational investigation to look into the collapse. Cities in both the U.S. and Canada pull water for drinking from nearby intakes. So far, officials are saying they are not contaminated. Meanwhile, ironically, authorities in Canada have narrowed down the list of communities to host a permanent repository of the country's nuclear waste, one of the two finalists being on the shore of Lake Huron, about 170 miles north of Detroit. A nuclear waste specialist told the Detroit Free Press that the material is the worst of the worst highly radioactive nuclear fuel and is dangerous forever. And finally, studying animals in the wild often means trekking to remote sites to collect data to gauge the health of a species. And one important tool to monitor a population is listening to the sounds they make, especially during mating season. And for researchers studying frogs, that means listening at night when the breeding animals are most active. But getting these observations can be time-consuming, expensive, and potentially intrusive if the amphibians sense a human around. But what if the creatures themselves were willing to share their sounds by text? That was the idea behind the frog phone, the world's first device that can call an amphibian's habitat anytime, anywhere, and collect data. The frog phone was developed by Australian scientists who have tapped into cellular networks that transmit clear quality sounds with minimal background noise. That allows researchers to identify specific calls made by different frog species. The devices are solar powered and installed at wetlands and ponds and also contain digital thermal sensors to collect data such as water and air temperature in real time. The lead author of the study said in a news release from the British Ecological Society that the frog phone can float in the middle of a pond beyond the tree canopy to recharge its batteries. He added that although cell phone coverage can be limiting, future versions could rely on satellites and also have multi-directional microphones to record larger areas. The researchers think the frog phone has the potential to capture other animal vocalizations, including insects and mammals, that could help scientists conduct a wide range of conservation studies around the globe. And you can keep this newscast vocalizing and not croaking by going to h2radio.org, where your gift will be doubled dollar for dollar now until December 31st. This Week in Water is sponsored by the American Water Works Association, the world's largest organization of water supply professionals.